0: No look pass to the corner of the house. Three ball, good, and he's fouled! Shoot the arrow
1: from the ground, Daniel. So my sons, they really big into Spider-Man. And then, uh, of course, we watch Lord of the rings, and then they like all that type of stuff. So Legolas was bow arrow because we shoot threes and then kind of took the Spider-Man joint with it and put it with it because we just made it up together. So it's just something I do in celebration for my kids and my family. Lobs it. Whiteside, Pow!
0: Right-hander. And Whiteside says, raise the roof.
1: When Hassan plays with enthusiasm and energy, he goes to another level. You know, part of what makes him who he is is he's emotional. That can be something that he can really use to his advantage. Because you know, when you see him make some plays, and particularly the way that he's finishing, you know, guys believe in him when he's down there. Chris Paul with it. Shot clock is at
0: nine. Game clock's at twenty-four. Paul works to the left side, drives, finds eight, and layup, ball game. And it's happened again. If I can give you an answer, you know, it's been the same answer all year. Like get a stop, execute, do this, do that. But we went two of 15 until about the three-minute mark or something. We they went on a 22 to 4 run. Like we didn't stop anybody, mess on all of us. And then it makes the offensive end tougher because there's more pressure on each shot, each possession.
1: Welcome into the Saturday show. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there. Jay Catch, Michelle Bodkin, along for the ride on this Saturday morning. Michelle, how are you?
2: good. That's good. Yeah.
1: Better than the Jazz, right?
2: Uh, I think everybody's better than the Jazz at <laughs> um, this point. <laughs>
1: Probably not a bad observation on your part. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, we got Jeff producing for us this week. Jeff, it's been like a month since I've seen you. So how are you, buddy? Yeah, it's
0: been a minute. I'm good. A little tired coming mm-hmm. off of producing Jazz last night. Absolutely. And I'm also emotionally drained as everyone is from that game. But, <laughs> sure. but I'm glad to be here.
1: All right. Well, uh, so this is the Saturday Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network. Quick reminder that today's show, the Saturday show, is brought to you by our friends at Mountainland Land Supply. Always appreciate them being along for the ride with us here. Uh, as we start each week, it's something I've, I kind of I did this, Michelle. you're This is your second week doing the show. Yes. Uh, about two or three months ago, I came in on a Saturday. I'm like. I was talking with Eric I think it was Eric at that time Jeff were you the first person I asked about the highlight of the week or was that Eric I think it was Eric that was Eric okay so I came in one day and I'm like Eric what's new in your life and he's just telling me all this stuff i like hold this for the air so I so this is what we're going to start the week with start the show with I want both of y'all's highlight of your week Jeff if you've got one you can fire away because Michelle's apparently thinking about this
0: um Moon Knight episode 2 alright I haven't
1: watched it yet is it pretty good Moon Knight is it's
0: it's so good don't get me started because I'll just go it's it's a character that not a lot of people know about but I've actually been a fan of my dad was a huge fan of and so he okay taught me to be a fan since I was a kid so it's one of those characters in Marvel that no one ever thought would actually make the screen and, and on, it's on so Disney plus
1: right yes. okay I'll have to check it out all right Michelle
2: you know what? It was really nice to be able to spend a lot of time outside this week. I I love being outside. Any excuse to be outside? Look at my I arms. Will be I, got sunb- I
1: got sunburned yesterday oh, with my kids sunburned. outside. you got sunburned.
2: And I love being able to take my work outside too. Sure. So it's uh, great. Great well, to be the, able to enjoy our beautiful outside.
1: And as the Utah insider, you're out there at practice. We're actually able to watch practice at Utah right now.
2: Well,
1: sure. Allegedly. Sure. Allegedly.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, th- it was very nice watching drills. Um, You know, take take from that what what you may, uh, which is not a lot. Uh, but, uh, I, but trust <laughs> me, I just went through a
1: whole month of doing this at BYU where, like, okay, the final 15, 20 minutes of practice is open to you guys. And we get out there and legitimately for the first five to ten minutes of it, it was like position group meetings on the field. So we're yeah. like, ooh, this is thrilling. Yes. So
2: you know what? I mean, the good news is like the Utes, they stretch really well. So they're, like, <laughs> they're flexible. They're flexible. Okay. I don't know. Like, <laughs> been that's, on that's their about all I got. That's all about all I got. I so. like that. I like that
1: a <laughs> lot. That's actually a really good observation. The youths are flexible. They've been working on their flexibility along with everything. <laughs> Else in the weight room. All right, that's awesome. So hope y'all are doing fantastic out there uh on this Saturday. We got a lot to cover ahead on today's show. We're gonna be joined by Kenneth Scott, former University of Utah wide receiver. Uh I have not talked to Kenneth in quite a long time, so I'm excited to have him on the show, uh, catch up with him, talk to him a little bit about the Utes. Uh, we'll get Michelle's insights on Utah spring ball. We're also going to talk about the play games that she's starting this week, the Utah Jazz coming down to the wires while well, the rest of the NBA. Is the end of the regular seasons tomorrow, right, across the entire league?
2: Uh, that was kind of what yeah. I was gathering from what I was reading.
1: So, yeah, so 82 games in the books, playing games this coming week, and then a week from today we start the NBA playoffs crazy to think about but here we are it's a marathon but not a sprint all right so let's start today's show as we always do with what's the big deal fire away jeff do you know who i am
2: no i, I can't say that i do
1: i don't know how to put this but i'm kind of a big deal i'm very important uh, i have
2: many leather bound books and my apartment smells
1: of rich mahogany. <laughs> Still never get tired of that open. Anchorman is the gift that keeps delivering. All right, Michelle, let's get going on today's show. And the Utah Jazz, I, I put this out on Twitter, I feel like the Jazz are stuck in a time loop. And what what I mean by that is it feels like it's Groundhog's Day in many ways. Yeah. Build up a big lead. Take it right to the best team in the NBA through three quarters. You hold a 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and what do they do yet again?
2: Let it slip in the fourth quarter.
1: <laughs> like, I just, oh, man. I And I'm sitting there last night watching this, and the lead gets down to, like, 10. And I'm like, okay, this is a little nervy. And then it starts slipping, and I get down to four. And I'm like, They're not doing this again. No, we're not. We're we are not doing this again. And yet again, they do it. And uh, Jeff, you are the executive producer of Utah Jazz broadcast here on Utah Jazz Radio. So I want you to chime in at any point you want on this. Uh, I feel like right now the Jazz, they're in their own heads. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, and it's a team wide issue. This is not an individual player issue. This is a collective whole. They get into a fourth quarter and they have. No way of stopping any team from coming back from whatever deficit there <laughs> happens to be in front of them, it feels like. Am I wrong? E- either of you. Am I wrong?
2: I'll let Jeff go. Uh,
1: for as much
0: as I'm around the Jazz and everything, I'm kind of like, I, I'm i baffled. I don't we have all are. any answers. They, they gave up. So I'm going to play Angel's Advocate for a second, even Angels though I Angel's Advocate, okay. So on Tuesday, mm-hmm. they gave up their lead against the Grizzlies, and they went to overtime. Sure. And then they won. And I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, we did something right here, kind of. What What did we do right here?
1: You and battled s- in overtime and got an extra five minutes? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, did we need more time? I don't know. But it's <laughs> it's almost remarkable in a terrible way. How these leads slip, and I'm just as even as close as I am to the situation. I'm just as baffled as as everyone else is. I don't, I don't have an answer. I mean, it. Uh, you talk about the the mental side of it. Donovan and Rudy both said it. It and Quinn both said last night. It's, it they don't think it's about that. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if I entirely believe them, but uh, it's. It's hard to say, but whatever reason it is, they need to figure it out because yeah. they will not. I mean, Quinn's been Quinn has preached all year about being the best at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They're not at their best right now. No. Well, yeah, they no, have a lot to still fix that. They're going to have to do a lot of work during the in week and,
1: and hope that it, it works in their favor. All right, Michelle, I want to ask you this. So, okay. uh, so at 92.75, so 11.46 to go in the fourth quarter. So the fourth quarter starts, the Jazz are up 17. Mm-hmm. Give me a guess as to what ESPN's win probability was for the Utah Jazz. What, what number do you think the win probability was at for the Jazz at that point of the game?
2: Oh, it had to be like 95% or higher.
1: 98.3%. Yeah. That was the win probability with a 17-point lead and 11.46 to go in this game. And somehow, they lose by six points.
2: They, they managed the, like,
1: two-ish percent. Awesome. The 1.7% <laughs> possibility, and they managed to do it. And that's the thing about this. I, I came in this morning, and watching that game last night. I, I, I'm sitting there trying to think about, okay, what are we going to talk about on the Saturday show about this game? And I, I'm sad to say the first thought I had was, Jake, you've done this exact talking point or talking points for the better part of the last month. Every week you come in and you watch these jazz games. They've actually played a number of Friday night games. So I get the opportunity, lucky enough, to come in on a Saturday and be the first person to talk about this on our station outside of the postgame show. Yeah. And I feel like for a month straight, I have had the exact same talking point. And it's similar to what Jeff's saying. I am baffled at the inability of the Utah Jazz to build up a lead, go against the best teams in the NBA, and then suddenly just forget everything they seemingly know about <laughs> basketball and let it slip.
2: I, I mean, here's the thing: is like it's natural for teams to occasionally lose a lead, right? Sure, like, yes. I mean, one one of the games I can think of off the top of my head, actually. I just thought of another one that was is a more recent example. Okay. Utah leading Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I mean, they had a pretty sizable they lead did. throughout most of that game.
1: Wasn't it 21 points at one point?
2: It's some, uh, something around there. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, it it just sometimes happens. It happens. Sure. But I was reading something or saw something the other day that the Jazz have the most blown leads in the league outside of I think it was like the Lakers.
1: <laughs> well, the Lakers, That's... which
2: which is not a, a yeah. you don't want to be in that clubhouse. <laughs> like, uh, but I, you know, I I don't I don't think it's normal to always have a lead. <laughs> and then lose it. Like, it happens occasionally, but when it becomes a pattern, it's obviously a problem.
1: And that that's the thing about it. Uh, so, Eric, he has been on me for the better part of a month now saying, Jake, this team is stuck doing what they do. And what he means by that is they build up a lead, they look good, they look good, they get into the fourth quarter, and then suddenly they just fall apart. And I, I kept saying, Eric, they're going to turn it around. They're going to turn it around. Well, we're now 81 games into an 82-game season, and I cannot sit here and in good faith try and argue that the Jazz are going to turn this around. I cannot say that.
2: No, I... I, again We, we kind of talked about this last week. Yeah. I'm, I, trust me, I feel no, like we're doing I, the same I know. show. We, we are doing the same show. The only difference is we're not welcoming me in. Sure. You know, because I've been here for well, a while. Well, hey,
1: welcome anyways. Oh,
2: okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to cover our bases, make yeah. sure this show sounds exactly the same as last you know. week. Uh, you know, it's it's to the point where I think they are what they are for this year, and it sucks. Uh, because there were such high hopes, mm-hmm. and and they've fallen very very short of those high hopes. But you know, I I just I don't understand how you can have these big leads and then lose them con- like consistency with clockwork. Sure. uh it, it it's it's baffling, like you both have said, and I I certainly don't have answers.
1: Okay, Jeff, you obviously have been. Producing, you've produced every game this year? Or have you missed one? All but three. Okay, so you've watched 78 of the 81 games up close. And I mean, watch because you're literally listening to David Locke and Ron Boone on the call. You're dealing with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe on the pre and post game show. You're listening to the Zoom audio, the, the press conferences. Is there anything new that the Jazz can say right now about their current situation that we have not already heard? because I don't think there is. I I feel like last <sighs> night the post game was a bunch of rinse repeat. Insert answer here that I've used in X number of other press conferences this year. <laughs> I, well, first of all, did you actually stay
0: up and wait for the press conferences? Because I didn't they, wait for the players. Okay, because I, so I was them. gonna
1: say they, <laughs> post game last night was like two hours they long. Took they over took over an hour, Michelle, to come out players wise last night. Quinn Snyder Ugh. came out in a pr- relatively timely fashion, but then I was seeing tweets about the players still having not come. Was it an hour before Rudy finally walked out? Something like walked that. Out? Yeah, it was.
2: So what do you think they were having a player meeting? Well, or? They, they'd already
1: done that though. Rudy Gobert said that they already had had a player meeting earlier this. Was it this past Monday? Week? Monday. Monday. So they've already had a quote unquote players only meeting.
0: Ooh. I was telling I was telling Jake and Tim that. I think that they needed to cool down because they didn't want to get fined and they didn't want to get up after somebody asked them something and then they just got up and left because they got angry. I think they needed the time to cool off so that they could behave themselves because they didn't swear at all during the presser. Okay, um, And so I think that happened in part because they had that time to cool off. Again, don't get me wrong, I'm not happy they took that log. Sure. Actually.
1: You know, just to you had, work, But you had an early morning to come back in here. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, so I'm just All like, right.
0: oh, come on. But to answer your question, I, it definitely does seem like just more of the same answers and a lot of say and not do. Um, one of the questions to be asked is, you know, if the Jazz are able to make those leads like that, like a lot of times Quinn has said and the players have reiterated that for the first two three quarters. They played some of their best basketball of the season absolutely so what is the key to sustaining that because in some ways you think well maybe they are at their like in in a way they're at their best if they're playing the best through most of the game they've got that threshold so what is the key to finishing it and is the key dialing back the energy a little bit through three quarters it sounds weird to say don't build up a strong lead, but, like, I mean, are they, are they burned out in the fourth quarter? Do they need to just temper themselves a little bit? I – I, that sounds so weird, and it doesn't sound like a good game plan to not try to get a big lead, but you wonder, is it energy? Like, are, do they go to the fourth quarter, and are they just it's exhausted mentally or physically? Because you have to think to go – you know, to score what they scored 13 points fourth quarter last night, yes. I think, you um, correct. you know,
1: going on a 12, seven, 12, 12 straight empty possessions at one point in that fourth quarter, by the uh, way, yeah, and 12 going, like, straight
0: seven minutes without, without a basket, uh, like yeah. things like Trust that. Me, I watched it, it was <laughs> <already> like <laughs> things like that. As much as we're baffled, uh-huh.
1: there has to be a reason, there has to be, and so, okay, you would think there's a reason that's the thing there has to be i have like, i oh have my gosh racked I, my I brain know. left and right listened to enough post-game press conferences trying to <laughs> f- find some insight some <laughs> nugget in there right that can help explain this i have yet to find it
2: i i don't know jeff maybe came up with the best
1: one, and that's actually one. So I don't know how many people out there listen to this. Uh, David Locked is locked on Jazz, obviously, but mm-hmm. him and Ron Boone, and they do this right after they s- essentially sign off with the Jazz post game. They do a crosstalk with Jake and uh, Tim, and then they they hop on. They do they stream, and they also put it in podcast form. They call it uh, postcast. Yeah. And last night there was a, they do some comments from listeners that are watching it, and a listener actually brought that up, and it was more about Donovan Mitchell because. Trust me, Donovan Mitchell's numbers in the clutch in the fourth quarter since the All-Star break are just downright horrendous. I don't know. Like, I think he's... 10 of 37 from three in the fourth quarters in the past. It's just Mm -hmm. the numbers are just horrendous. And the question was asked, is Donovan Mitchell as going to your point here, Jeff, is Donovan Mitchell too worn out having to play defense against maybe one of the better guards on a team? I know that Royce O'Neal takes the best opposing team's score, but trust me, the NBA is as talented as it's ever been. And
0: And Royce O'Neal hasn't looked quite
1: right recently. Sure. And Royce actually took a night off the other night and their thought was that he is exhausted from 80 plus games games of doing this night in and night out the, the the question was though is Donovan Mitchell exhausted and by extension could that be the team is exhausted and there could be something to that but I think Quinn Snyder and this is I'm not trying to say that this is my opinion on I think Quinn Snyder's actually done a pretty admirable job at making sure guys bodies are right because I think they learned something last year with the injuries of both Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell down the stretch mm-hmm. that really affected their playoff run that they've tried to manage that but maybe still, even maybe even still, they're not right. Maybe they are worn out.
2: I don't know. I have a tough time with that, though, I, from the standpoint of, yeah. you know— at this point everybody's worn out so what sure. it's not really a great excuse
1: and it also brings up the point that adam silver made earlier this week that he is not pleased with a bunch of star players sitting out of games in the nba season especially in the back half he he talked about this He's like, if we have players that are sitting out games for quote-unquote rest or whatever load management that was the term the philadelphia 76ers used for years with joel embiid if that's the issue we need to look at the schedule yeah we may need to reduce games and trust me i'm let me insert here. I'm all for reducing the number of regular season games for the NBA. I'd be okay with it when drop dropped down to, like, the 60s. But yeah. NBA owners, they're not giving up that cash.
2: Oh, of course not. No.
1: <laughs> so but
2: Maybe make up for it with, like, appearances or something. I don't know. And like, that,
1: but. <laughs> but that, that, you're right. It should not be a valid excuse. I'm with you on this, yeah. Michelle. It should not be a valid excuse because everybody's tired. Yeah. Trust me. The... The Philadelphia, not the Philadelphia, the Phoenix Suns—they had the best record in the NBA. They have every excuse to be exhausted because they've won 64 games now. They are far and away the best team in the NBA this year. You would think, well, we're, our guys are tired. What did they do? It felt like they got stronger as the fourth quarter went on, as they rallied from 17 points down and won this game. They mm-hmm. ran away with it. So, where's the tired excuse over there?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I,
1: I don't know. I know you're just looking at me like I, just, well, I got nowhere to go on that. Thing. I, tell
0: you what the Suns weren't tired against the Clippers they yeah I mean yeah they sure weren't playing any of their starters or majority of their starters but that game was I think came back
1: with a storm <laughs> yeah and I think the like and the only thing I can keep coming back to on this is I just feel like and I, I think David Locke he I was listening to the game right as the game was ending I, I tuned in I wanted to hear post game and whatnot and right at the tail end he said they've done it again and there's no in his I'm not quoting this accurately but David essentially said this team is in their own heads in the fourth quarter they cannot get out of there there's a mental block Mm -hmm. or whatever there's something in their head the fourth quarter comes and they just crumble they just fall apart
2: I mean there is something to that psychology does kind of say if if you feel like you see a pattern of things happening Mm -hmm. it's easy to get in your own head and just kind of continue to allow that pattern to happen instead of Controlling what you can control,
1: and I think we've all done that at in our oh, yeah. lives. If, oh, if, you've, I, if you've played sports at any level, you've done this. Sports, work yeah. Oh yeah.
2: You know what? Whatever it may be at uh-huh. school, <laughs> like if you feel like a teacher hates you,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: because you get a bad grade. Yes. You know, on the first paper, mm-hmm. chances are great that your grade is going to be not great the rest of the the rest of the way. Sure. Like if if you let it bother you, so it it. I mean, that is a very strong possibility.
1: Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Clint Opie just weighing in. So Donovan Mitchell in the clutch is 11 of his last 49 field goals. What's that conversion percentage? It's 11 of 49. I tell you this much. I know it's not good. But to be 11 of 49 in the clutch in his last 49 attempts, and the clutch definition for those people out there, it's a game, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, it's a game within five points with five minutes to go. Is that right? Did I get the definition correct? David talks about it all the time on, on the broadcast. I figured you might, it might have stuck in your head. I'm pretty sure I know the it. five minutes is correct. I'm not positive on the five It points. might be inside 10, but regardless, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a game that is in hand, essentially. Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not a blowout. And The funny thing is the Jazz weren't in the clutch for a lot of that fourth quarter because I think outside 10 points at the very high end, the Jazz were up seventeen, so yeah. this should have been a blowout. And David Locke, he's and I, I keep talking about David here. He's talked all year long when the Jazz started giving up these big leads about how rare this is, mm-hmm. and the fact that they've essentially made this become the rule, rule rather than the exception is just absolutely stunning.
2: <sighs> just I, I'm so sorry, Jazz fans. Uh, I I feel so bad for you. It's frustrating when your team does not live up to expectations. That's okay. that's about all I got.
1: <laughs> I've got the sh- I've got the shooting percentage. Okay, <laughs> here let's we'll,
2: let's hear this. Twenty two
1: point <laughs> four percent in the clutch in his last forty nine field goal attempts.
2: Whew. You know we we talk about being twenty two percent better, and that's a great yes. thing. But <laughs>
1: not so much in hoops. Uh, n- yeah,
2: not 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 in that statistic. Twenty two percent is not good. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, well, so we'll talk more about the Jazz as today's show goes along. I want to expand this out and talk a little more about the NBA playoffs coming up next. We're going to uh, talk about what's going on with the playing games this coming week. We'll make some picks, et cetera, have some fun with it. Uh, we'll get to that next coming up on the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network. The weekend!
0: Let's go! It may be the weekend.
1: But there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Saturday Show. Can't wait.
2: Can't Can't, can't, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5,
1: 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. The Saturday show is proudly presented by our friends at Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC, parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Jake Hatch, Michelle Bodkin, along for the ride on this Saturday morning. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there. Uh, Jeff producing behind the glass this morning. And we just talked a lot about the Utah Jazz, and they are locked into a playoff spot for... All intents and purposes, they're going to be playing the Dallas Mavericks in the four-five series. That's what they'd have to go to Portland, who has lost ten straight games tomorrow. Somehow lose to a Portland team who they just absolutely blasted. This Portland team is awful. Have you watched Portland at all recently?
2: I, I have domed. not. Just oh, don't. Okay, good to know. I won't waste my time. It's
1: <laughs> they went. Uh, Portland played Dallas last night and got beat by fifty. Oh, they're awful. They've lost ten straight games. They are in just full tank mode like Oklahoma City came here the other night with against the Jazz and they were bad I would say you put those two teams head-to-head I would actually probably take OKC head-to-head over Portland right now and they're that bad it's pretty bad yeah okay (laughs) yeah so the Jazz are looking like they're gonna be a four or five series but I want to talk more about the playoffs because a week from today we'll have playoffs happening so Michelle let's talk a little bit about the plan. Uh, you obviously are, you, you've been locked in with the Utes, and you're, you're doing a great job covering for KSL Sports and everything. You are doing that for other outlets, Ute Zone and the like before that. Have you watched much of the NBA playing since they started it recently?
2: I have not, to be honest.
1: And I don't think you're alone on that. I think there's a lot of people out there who are like what is this NBA play-in deal?
2: I I was actually a little when I was kind of reading up before yeah. we started the show. I was like, "Wait a minute. Why <laughs> there's there, a pl- there's a play-in portion a now? Why, why, when are there, did this why are there happen? 10
1: teams with a <laughs> with with a like a X next to their name?" So what it is and a lot of people out there may not know this, the NBA trying to keep teams from tanking like the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers. Uh, okay. They have implemented uh, what they call a four-team play in which the number 7 through 10 seeds will have an opportunity. They'll play head-to-head. So it'll be 9 versus 10 and 7 versus 8 uh, for the opportunity to be the 7 and 8 seeds going against the 1 and 2 seeds. It's, it's, the idea of it, it's actually kind of brilliant in my mind, is to keep teams. So in this case with the Western Conference, you have the New Orleans Pelicans who are at 36 and 44 and the San Antonio Spurs at 34 and 46 who are the 9 and 10 teams. In the old era of the NBA, those two teams would have been like ten games ago. Screw it, we're out. Yeah, we're done.
2: Tanking for whoever number the number one pick exactly. Okay, we're trying to get a
1: we're trying to get a lottery pick. This is giving them an opportunity to make the playoffs. Like this, if they so, what it would be this week is you're going to have San Antonio and the Pelicans go head to head. Okay, the winner of that will face the winner of Minnesota and the LA Clippers. Excuse me, they'll face the LA Clippers. Rewind. It's complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> and trust me, if I screw this up, any of you out there, I know Clint's listening out there. He actually corrected me. It is so the clutch. By the way, it's five points, five minutes. So if okay. you're within five points with five minutes to go, so you think about it. In the last five minutes of games recently, Donovan Mitchell's been downright awful, and that's that's sad to say. But oh. back to the plan here. So the nine and ten seeds are going to play. Whoever wins that gets to advance to the next round in a head-to-head matchup with either the Clippers or the Timberwolves. Okay. So the teams that advance out of this, they have the opportunity. So essentially, the San Antonio Spurs, if they were to make a run this this coming week, they could go from the number ten seed to the number seven seed and face the two seed Memphis Grizzlies. They have that opportunity.
2: I kind I do. I kind of like that. That's kind of exciting.
1: And it's to keep. And I, there, there's a, there's a cutoff where you have to like if you were to go to like every team, the Houston Rockets at twenty and sixty one can make. No, you can't do that because they're they're not going to do that. But I like the fact that the NBA is trying to be innovative, and Adam Silver, to his credit, is trying to be innovative and keep teams from tanking. Yeah. We've, trust me, what what the Philadelphia 76ers did changed the game of basketball, and I'm not convinced it was for the better. When they went in that tank mode, they mm-hmm. trust the process. We're literally going to be as bad as possible to get as many top overall picks and hope we hit on one, and they did hit on one eventually in Joel Embiid. But they did it for five, six years, and they were just an absolutely train wreck of an organization. The NBA does not want that. And I think well, this is yeah. this is an effort to keep some of these teams more engaged and fighting for the playoff lives. The Los Angeles Lakers, yes, they're outside the play-in game. And there are a lot of jokes out there to be made about LeBron and the Lakers. But regardless, what do you think happens this week? So what it is is we got 10-seed San Antonio – Nine-seed New Orleans, L.A. Clippers, Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves, in my opinion, are actually a very good team. The other three are a wild card in my mind with the Clippers, Pelicans, and the Spurs. Who do you think gets the seven and eight seeds out of those four teams?
2: Oh, I will trust your opinion on the Timberwolves because, again, I, I am not as much of an NBA person. I don't want
1: to play the Timberwolves if I'm the – so Timberwolves currently are the 7th seed, and if they win, they're going to be the 7th seed. They'll lock in against the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. That actually could be a very, very exciting series.
2: I, that could be fun because ja, I, do, I do know that Memphis is really good this well, yeah, year. Well,
1: you have Ja Morant on one side from Memphis, and then you got Anthony Edwards who was the top overall pick who went for 49 the other night. He's lights out. Carl Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves. They've rounded into a pretty good team. So okay. I I I think Minnesota is going to be one of the teams. I'd be stunned if they're not. Okay. So I guess you get one other out of okay. the, out of the three. So you got Clippers, so. Pelicans, or Spurs.
2: Hmm. We're, it seems like earlier in the season the Clippers were better. Than they were. Than they they've dealt with all kinds are. of
1: injuries. Okay. But they're, got, they're getting guys back. Paul George had a UCL tear, the Tommy John deal. Okay. Didn't have mm-hmm. surgery on it, rehabbed it, came back and actually torched the Jazz in his first game back. They also got Norman Powell back as well recently. Okay. So they're healthier than they have been in some time.
2: And then what about the other two?
1: Okay, so that's the interesting part about this. <laughs> is you look at the Spurs and... Greg Popovich is an all-time legend. There's no right. doubt about that. Yes. He's one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Well, by wins, in terms of overall wins, he's the greatest coach in NBA history. Way to bring it up, Jake. You well, know how he, he became yeah, the greatest. Did it against the Utah NBA Jazz. They came back from a double-digit. Trust me, it's part of this string for the Jazz. Yep. They have helped all kinds of teams do all kinds <laughs> of crazy things recently. <laughs> Uh, but the Spurs, they're a gritty team. I don't think they necessarily have a star. The New Orleans Pelicans, you look at them. If Zion Williamson's there, they're an exponentially better team, but he's been out all season long. They do have a, a couple of good players, but I am. And let me just insert here. I am hard-pressed to pick against the Clippers, but if somebody's going to do it, I feel like the San Antonio Spurs and the grit that they play with could find themselves vaulting I'd from 10 at. to 8.
2: I, you know what? I'm going to go with my first instinct, and okay. in that that's the Clippers. Okay.
1: You're going to stick with yeah. that guy then? Okay. Yeah. So you're going chalk that essentially. You're going one through eight. That's just how it sets out. And that's what it's weighted for, honestly, because yeah. you have to win multiple games as the lower seeds. It's like anything else. Mm-hmm. It's weighted to help the teams who have the better record, but I'm with you. I want to say my, my mind says Clippers, but I'm just going to pull a wild card and I'm going to go with the San Antonio Spurs.
2: See, this is why your bracket probably is way better it, than March no, Bennett, no. than mine is. Okay, <laughs> let me... So,
1: Michelle, my bracket...
2: I'm way too practical. My, my, <laughs> my bracket
1: this year, I didn't have... I had one Elite Eight team. I got absolutely killed this year in the ncaa tournament i think most people did i think most no, no, people no, no, did no, no. thank you st peters okay st peters is great i actually have a shirt from st peters <laughs> now with a big peacock head on it it's absolutely awesome it's my favorite thing in the entire world um if you the trailer i don't know if you know the, the crew over there michelle i do uh they actually sent me a, a, I, I said hey the only thing i want right now i tweeted this out randomly when i watched st peters make their make their run all I want right now is a St. Peter shirt with a big peacock head on it. <laughs> you Shasta trailer, to their everlasting credit, sent me one. They literally That's sent amazing. So yeah,
2: Mike and Chris are great people. They
1: are. They, Love them. They are the best. And so <laughs> I just look at this and I'm excited for the plan, but at the same time, looking over at the Eastern Conference, the play-in's a little, more di- a little different because every single team in the plan on the Eastern side has a winning record.
2: Yes, I, I you know, try trying to research up a little bit and be smart and and uh, reading through what's going on in the East. I was like, um, I'm not gonna remember all of this. This is like way too complicated.
1: And and that's the tough part about it is I feel like and we're an NBA town, like the the Jazz there's one thing that I feel like BYU and Utah fans can agree on it's the Utah Jazz like
2: it it is there's very few
1: things they agree on but that's the one I feel like is there anything else I really
2: Utah Social Open
1: okay good point yeah Yeah, there you go social open absolutely maybe barbecue maybe maybe that's a big maybe (laughs) I'm just saying there's some there's some very things on barbecue in this town and it does kind of divide along rivalry lines but the thing about this, I think we get so engrossed in watching the Western Conference for, because uh, the Utah Jazz are in the West mm-hmm. out here, that we look at the East sometimes and we almost forget that there's another half of, of the, the NBA. league. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the East this year, in terms of its overall depth, if you go one through ten, it's really deeper record-wise because yeah. they all have the winning records. But I'm still convinced that somebody from the West is still gonna continue the dominance. Of the NBA it's trended as the Western teams have always held the dominance over the East in recent years. And I'm I know Milwaukee won it last year, but I still feel like the West is gonna be favored in these in, in come NBA Finals, whoever emerges. But what do you make of the East right now?
2: Uh, I know
1: it's a very broad and open-ended question, right, but you yes. can take it wherever you want.
2: I, it, like I said, I was trying to read through this and get like a big picture, and it just it's wide open. Like it, the East is wide open. It's, uh, reading ESPN, mm-hmm. they're literally saying it's anybody's game.
1: Out, out east. Well, and the Miami Heat have clinched uh, the top overall seed. Mm-hmm. But they're sitting at 53 and 28. The defending champ Milwaukee Bucks are just two games behind them at 51 and 30. But then you go Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, Chicago, Brooklyn. It's like descending order like and literally they're one or two wins off of each other. There's a this three is nuts. There's a three-win gap between uh, the Raptors and the Bulls. But then you get down the 9 and 10 seeds right now, the Hawks and the Hornets both have 42 wins. They have clinched winning seasons. This Eastern Conference, oh, good. I feel like the West could go really, really chalk-heavy this year in terms of top seeds advance and just kind of make their way through the bracket. Whereas the East, man, Brooklyn, if you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who wants to play the seventh seed Brooklyn Nets if you're the Milwaukee Bucks? Nobody. Yeah. You have zero interest in that, But that's, <laughs> but it feels like In many ways, that could go for multiple things like this. The Chicago Bulls against the Boston Celtics. Well, if the Bulls are right, DeMar DeRozan's doing what he's done all year long. The Boston's got to be sitting there like, really? That's who we have to play?
2: (laughs) Please don't make
0: us.
1: (laughs) But that's just kind of how I... So I would like to think that a team like the Jazz or... Denver or the Minnesota Timberwolves could uh, do some things in the playoffs this year because that makes it more fun when you have mm-hmm. some of these lower seed teams who turn it on at the right time and they make a run. But I feel like if you want that action, you, Go gotta, look, you gotta look. You gotta, towards gotta look towards the east. east.
2: I, I would say just based off of you know again what I was reading uh, and my understanding of it, I think I think that's an accurate assumption. The West is a lot more clear cut. Mhm. Um the east uh, a little fuzzy. A little little hazy.
1: It does. Uh, so and by the way Michelle you apparently are a hit. I can tell you this much. Like all of my mentions this morning involve Michelle. So you're doing, you're doing a great job, by the way. It's kind of funny to watch this. Like, uh, so let's let's look at this one thing right here. Uh, so our good friend Osteel Math, loyal listener, he said this: The Utah Jazz are part of the elite one percent. Who can blow a 98 plus point percentage <laughs> win probability and then go and lose that game? Well, the Utah Jazz. So
2: you know what? It, way way to make lemonade out of lemons, <laughs> like. The jazz are elite at something. It's not a great thing to be elite at, but they are doing it. And so. And that's
1: the thing about it. Like, <laughs> as I tweeted out saying, I want you want some. I, I was really down about the jazz listening. You want some positivity out of this? I am getting some really long bike rides in right now with, with this jazz team. I'm just powering through mile after mile on my stationary bike watching these jazz meltdowns happen. So, so
2: Eric is right. You do talk about working out.
1: <laughs> on occasion, I do. <laughs> but. He, he makes it sound like I'm a total meathead who's in the gym every day, but that's not true at all. I just happen—I have time at night when I'm watching the Jazz. I'm like, I might as well do something, like, you know, productive with my time instead of just sitting here looking like a slob on the couch.
2: I, I do that with football quite often. It's like, two hours, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Get your <laughs>
1: workout in. All right, so there you go. I like So, so playoffs— it feels like, yeah, I think we're both in agreement here. The East could be a lot more of the fun, yeah, upset-type stuff, whereas the West, man, it could be...
2: Probably a little more cut and dry.
1: Exactly. All right, coming up next, we'll get to technical fouls, round out hour one, uh, reward people who are behaving poorly or stupidly in sports and maybe even beyond that. <laughs> we'll get to all of that next right here on The Saturday Show.
2: If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on, or- switch the radio to some modern music show. That's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bad. That's a
1: technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal foul. 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jake Hatch, Michelle Bodkin, and as you heard, it is time for technical fouls. Let's talk about people just being horrendous, stupid, whatever in sports. This is our chance to kind of just sound off on, and really it's kind of a week-by-week thing. Like I track this out the week. I've got two today, Michelle, so let's get yours out of the way, and then we'll get to both of mine.
2: I mean, we've already kind of beat this horse But it's Beat it some
1: more though. Yeah,
2: let it let's do it. Uh sorry, Utah Jazz. Like, come on.
1: You think you'd figure it out at some point.
2: You Yeah. Yeah. You, like like uh, you'd uh, like
1: to think, hey, we're gonna get this solved. We're gonna to figure it out. And Donovan Mitchell said last night, hang with us, fans. Is that, is, yeah,
2: like, yeah. He did say that. I'm like he did say that.
1: I'm glad you're saying hang with us, but... But
2: we've been hanging with you. (laughs) Yeah, like, what does a Jazz fan
1: have to hang on to right now?
2: Oh, man. Uh, You know, you just, you can't have these sizable leads and consistently blow them. Like I said, it happens on occasion, Mm -hmm. and it is what it is. You move on, you do better. But to continually repeat the action is a little ridiculous. At this point,
1: yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, twice shame, shame on, on me. me. Yeah, like yeah. hello, like it's pretty simple there. All right, so I like that one. All right, uh, you guys know who the Tiger King is, Joe Joe Exotic. Yes. Did you see what he did this week? No. Or, uh, so this actually happened. I guess uh, I came. I saw the news of it this week, but apparently it's happened on March 30th.
2: Do I want to know?
1: Um, well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it relates to sports. Uh, so uh, this come this came earlier this week on Wednesday. So. Uh, he wrote a handwritten letter from prison because he's currently locked up. Yes. The whole deal, if you've watched the Netflix series. Uh, so he actually wrote a letter to Ben Roethlisberger, the former Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, I
2: don't like where this is going. <laughs>
1: I'll just read this note that he wrote to Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, he says, hey, Ben Roethlisberger. That's how he like, titles like it. Like their best friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not sure if you have heard of me or not. It's Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. <laughs> That's the best. That's a good start here. As you know, the United States of America has, America has kidnapped me, so Carol Baskin and Peta can try and pass the Big Cat Safety Act because I'm the only one who can educate Congress about why this law should never pass. Anyway, they got my rear end mm-hmm, didn't use rear end in prison for now, and I need a favor from you, please, sir. So that's the start of this. Oh my gosh. I have this amazing stepson named Johnny Graham and I promised him an autographed jersey by you because he thinks you are the bleep and he holds you on a pretty big pedestal. (laughs) There is one on eBay, but I don't have 600 bucks to buy it for his birthday. My fans have helped get everything else he wanted. I'm just missing your jersey. Can you help a man out that is fighting for his own freedom? Every kid needs a hero, and you are his. If so, just private message me, and my people will go from there. With all the respect, Joe Graham, Joe Exotic.
2: I... I... <laughs> I'm speechless. I,
1: trust me, I was like... <laughs> What? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Like,
2: uh, there's I, just so much to unpack here.
1: And okay, here's the thing: I don't know if you're if you're at Ben Roethlisberger how you reply to this or how you handle this situation.
2: Just pretend like you don't see it.
1: <laughs> I suppose I, 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 I don't know.
2: You have to imagine Ben gets a, a ton of fan mail, so uh-huh. you know, it'd be easy for it
1: to just get lost. It's fine. I don't know. I just I I look at this and uh by the way, if you look at the actual handwritten note, Joe Exotic's got very good handwriting. I will give him that. Like I don't know if he actually I would assume he wrote it, but he's got very good handwriting. My handwriting's absolutely horrendous. I my wife has told me, try and type or, or- because she she looks at me like, like I can't read what you're writing. I'm like I know. So
2: you should have been a doctor. Oh, absolutely. Is what you're yes, yeah. absolutely.
1: <laughs> no, I I don't do well with blood. First off, and I don't is. either. So you know, doctor probably was. <laughs> but t- 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 okay, you don't want to break this kid's heart if you're Ben Roethlisberger right. if this gets to you. But at the same time, this is a dude trying to claim like. Hi, I'm a big shot. You probably have heard of me, but yeah. I'm locked up and I need your help.
2: Trying, trying to big shot a big shot. Yeah, exactly. I,
1: weird, Yuck. weird, 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 weird. All right, I got one other one here. Uh, so this comes from the Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., yeah. one of the bright young stars in the major in the major leagues. He actually tore his ACL last year. They won the they won mm-hmm. the World Series last yep. year. Well. Uh, did you see this, by the way? He, he got on Instagram Live with a Dominican, uh, Dominican, Dominican, Dominican Republic-based reporter by the name of Jansen Pujols okay. on Instagram Live, was asked what he'd missed most about Freddie Freeman, the former Brave star first baseman who's now with the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers. His response to the question was, me? Nothing.
2: <gasps> that, I mean, hey, at least he's honest, though.
1: And this was all in Spanish. (laughs) So uh, he says, and then he adds this. We were close in that we shared the same stadium, but we had a lot of how do you say dot, dot, dot. Uh, Pujols then interrupts lots of clashes. Acuna said, nodding, lots of clashes. (laughs) Acuna, who is still recovering from that ACL injury, uh, then attempted to downplay the comments before Thursday night's opener against the Cincinnati Reds. Quote, to be honest, I think it was just exaggerated and blown out of proportion by the media," Acuna said through his translator, Franco Garcia, Thursday. "I don't see any. I didn't say anything bad about Freeman. I didn't res- disrespect him. I just talked about what happened in 2018. That was in the past. Then added later, he never controlled me. He has a life, and I have a life. Like, what did the media screw up here when you say m- nothing about? Like, what are you going to miss about Freddie Freeman? Nothing. Where is the? interpretation being lost here <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't believe you you're like uh,
2: <laughs> but it's I, I, I mean to his credit technically he did not say actually anything bad about Sh- Freddie. sure but yeah there, there was no misunderstanding about what he meant
1: when in doubt blame the media that's PR 101. We all know that. Oh, yes. Totally. Like, you, 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 you misinterpreted my comment. Or, you or, twisted or, or,
2: my words.
1: <laughs> you sure about that? Like It's just one of those things you're like, <laughs> I'm not so certain that there was left much for interpretation on that, but I think it was just exaggerated and blown out of proportion by the media. All right. Well, thank you, Ronald Acuna Jr. That one made me chuckle <laughs> this week. So. Um, so, yeah. There you go. That's technical fouls for the week. Anybody else got anything else they'd like to share? No?
2: I uh, I think I'm good. All right, yeah, well, I think
1: it was a good week. <laughs> that Joe Exotic story was hilarious. Oh, I just like because you're right. Trying to, I'm a big shot, but I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna write this Hall of Famer and be like, hey, so we're on the same plane here, you know? And yeah. I don't have the money to buy one of these, so could you know you just ship one off to my to my stepson over here? Yeah,
0: on one it. hand, it's like, oh, do
1: something nice for a kid, sure, but on hand, it's like.
0: Do something that somebody in prison asked you to well, do not the okay, best look in the so,
2: world. This leads to a question, though. Okay. Is the jersey actually for the kid or is it somehow that he's trying to get that in his possession so he can turn around and sell it to get money? That. Because that does not seem to be above Joe Exotic. No, for uh, some reason.
1: You've watched that series. I really. actually have
2: not watched that series. I watched. The,
1: I've. I've, like, I've got to like two of the episodes. I'm like, I can't handle
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is too weird. I
1: admit, I have not. But I've. I, I've read enough about this dude, and I'm with you. There is very much a question mark of who is this jersey actually, actually going for. to or for? Yeah. So
2: interesting. We'll I see. I don't trust we'll it. See, we'll see if there's a follow up <laughs> and see
1: if there's a response from from Ben Roethlisberger. But I kind of I kind of like your thing. Just act like you didn't see it. Yeah. Probably the best op- way to operate. All right. So there you go. That's technical fouls. That's our one of the program coming up next. We're going to be joined by Kenneth Scott, a former University of Utah wide receiver, one of my favorite uh, personalities and in interviews of recent memory mm-hmm. across the entire Utah sports spectrum. Uh, Michelle, I know you you've got to know him fairly well, covering him. I'm excited to catch up with him.
2: Yeah, he, he is a great guy. I, I, would, I consider him actually a very close friend. He's awesome. someone that I would go to for advice, and I know a lot of people <laughs> okay. feel that way about him. So, very you know, cool. it'll be fun to catch up with him.
1: All right, we'll have him on next. This is the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network.